think it was my friend Anne talking about this, uh, like them finding a condom, not her personally, but like there was like an article mm-hmm. where they had found a old condom that was made out of like animal fur. Mm-hmm. Like, ew, ew, ew. Sticking that in. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the? Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Like, I no, I'll have a special friend instead. Thank you. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Not So Peter Priesthood After Dark. Uh, we are recording After Dark, but it doesn't matter when you're recording it, when you're listening to this, but we are recording this After Dark. So. Um, if you are cozy and, um, snuggled up on your couch while you're listening to this, that might be the, I don't know. I have a little, uh, scratch in my throat right now. (laughs) It's not what you think it is. It's not. So, um, girl, I wish it was, but anyway, if you, um, (laughs) if you want to get a hold of me, um, you can reach me at not so peter priesthood at gmail.com you can send your stories um you can send your moments with mormons um also love letters of course i keep asking for them and nobody sends them to me so maybe i should just start asking for hate, hate mail again maybe that'll get you anyway um and then you can also reach me at um instagram at not so peter priesthood um also please be a be a deer and uh rate review and subscribe um because that would be lovely of you (sighs) that's enough of that um my guest does not even really need an introduction because she's basically my co-pilot so uh dusty has returned to scream into the void again after dark after dark (laughs) i also have a scratch in my throat and not for a fun reason (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see it's after dark it gets a little naughty <laughs> yeah and dusty has had a little wine <laughs> so it's true. true my kids have been sick all week so i'm in wine needed wine needs it. <laughs> <laughs> what was that i said to you today this uh earlier today you were like what's in this tea and i was like is that te- tequila <laughs> 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 drink some tequila. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So you have a moments with Mormons for us. Yeah. Um. It happened a while ago, but I haven't told you. I don't think. Did I tell you about it? Maybe. Happened at Christmas time. Oh, so. No. So your listeners probably wouldn't know. Um, So the house that we bought and moved into actually used to belong to my aunt. So, yeah, long story short, she doesn't live here anymore, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Your aunt is a ghost that lives with you in the house. No, she's a different house. I've been to her new house. It's beautiful. She told me that in 20 years I can buy that one from her, so we're good. Nice. You got a you got a whole plan here. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like 16. I told her I was going to buy this house from her, and I yeah, I did. You now. <laughs> 20 years later, I bought her. <laughs> wow. 
Anyways, so <laughs> at Christmas time, um, my baby was napping. Everything was chill. And of course, the doorbell rings, right? Because that's when it happens. Nobody comes by at a convenient time. And it's this couple on my front steps. So I shoo my dogs into like the back of the house, answer the door, and they ask for my aunt. And I was like, oh, no, sorry. She actually moved. We bought their house six months ago. And she was like, oh, well, we're really good friends with them. And I really, really, really wanted to say, <laughs> clearly not, if it was six months ago and you didn't know. <laughs> like, how good of friends are you? Like, what's <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> well, we're in the ward. And I was like, oh, God. No. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, no. They definitely uh, moved further north and... Uh, yeah, um, but their daughter still lives in town. And she was like, oh, you know their daughter? And I was like, well, she's my, it's my cousin. Like, I, I bought my aunt's house. Like, now I'm getting deeper into it, right? <laughs> and she's like, oh, are you LDS too? Oh, God. And she, like, looked at her husband, and her husband looked at her, and I was like, nope. Good luck to you. And I closed the door. <laughs> Good luck to you. <laughs> like... <laughs> the, like trading in me was like I should have offered to like give her her phone number or like a forwarding address but then like the other part of me is like clearly they want nothing to do with this woman because they would have told her that they moved right yeah, right so I was like torn like oh maybe I should have like asked if I could pass her a message and then the other one was like fuck you <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Torch."> <laughs> well then they start bringing in the church and you're like oh uh, yeah Immediate slam the door. Like, mm -mm. bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have fun with that. Bye. <laughs> Good luck to ya. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> Good luck to ya. <laughs> Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Tots and prayers. Tots and prayers. <laughs> Tots and prayers, yeah. <laughs> Kindest regards. <laughs> Warmest regards. That's what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, it was funny. And then I like yeah. told my husband when we got home, and he was like, "He was like, that's that's amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> good job." <laughs> oh, so I have one, and it's kind of like similar to ones I've shared before, but it was just—I think it was a little extra. It's a little different because. Let me explain. Okay, so um, and Dusty has not heard this, even though we've been talking. All day, <laughs> back and forth, <laughs> as we usually do. <laughs> um, yeah, I was at the gym, and I had another garment sighting. But this time, it was, like, this guy that was, like, actively working out. Like, well, so usually it's in, the, like, the locker room when I see it. So I'm like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. But, like, he... Um, he was, like, on the bench press, and, like, I'm not, like, being a pervy, but I was just, like, you could see it. Like, he was, like... You can tell. <laughs> it is after time. You're checking I mean, him out. I was checking him out, yeah, a little bit. I was, like, okay, okay, daddy. Um, and, uh... <laughs> no rules after dark. <laughs> I, um... What was it, the... So he was wearing like longer shorts and I was like, Ew, straight men, gross. And then um <laughs> <I was laughs> you could see like the white, like the white rim of it. And I was like, ah oh, man, straight 
Mormon too. Like I was just like, <laughs> you're losing marks here, buddy. Like you're kind of cute, but like, uh, got losing points. And then, uh, his garments, really? Yeah, oh, a lot of layers. Yeah. So, and then I was like doing my cardio, and he was like on the machine. Like this was later. And I looked over and I was like, I wonder if he's wearing, he's got to be wearing the top too. And I was like looking at like, I'm, you know, probably a creeper, but you know, whatever. I was, um, here I am complaining about other creepers on me. I'm like, it's okay if I do it though. <laughs> but no, um, just kidding. <laughs> Don't creep at people. Loud. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, the, he was on the stairs and I was like, you could see the lining on his, like he had a shirt, a t-shirt on. And I was like, that looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. How's the swamp crotch treating you, buddy? <laughs> How's that going? Swamp crotch of the golds. <laughs> of the gold. <laughs> the divine swamp crotch. <laughs> Blessed be. <laughs> Blessed be. You guys don't sweat like I do because I have the magic underwear that, that makes me, gives me the swamp crotch that's divine. Magic underwear that will guarantee you a yeast infection. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so anyway, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said, good luck to you. <laughs> to him. <laughs> good luck, buddy. Don't die. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, good Mormons, good old Mormons. Um, I guess I kind of have another one because, and it has to do with the same thing. Uh, I had an interview today for a job, and the man that interviewed me was gorgeous, and he was definitely wearing a garment top, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Just so, knocks it down a few points. Yeah, like, and I had brought up my mission too. I so dumb, so dumb, but whatever, it worked out. I don't know. Okay, something in common. You got to get in there somehow. Yeah. Oh yeah, get it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that is the goal. There was no wedding ring, so. <laughs> what is the it's my favorite blooper from Pitch Perfect where she's like. Oh no, I'm straight. And she's like, so spaghetti till it gets wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, that's a perfect segue. Ha <laughs> To our topic. <laughs> like we planned it. It's like, yeah, serendipity. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's almost like we're prepared for this. <laughs> Don't be fooled, ladies and gentlemen. We are not. <laughs> we are not. Even we're in real trouble <laughs> but it's after dark so yes, like, yes, it's fine. Yeah. anything goes <laughs> <sighs> but today listeners welcome to uh queer mormon history so i don't know that had that better planned in my head i think that was like kind of anyway uh, it, we're working on it. We're workshopping that. We'll get there. We'll get... Mormon history, but, you know, we're going to take a little deep dive, <laughs> a little get in there, you know, and uh, talk about some uh, women who were special lady friends in Mormon history. <sighs> um, I don't know. So 
Do you have it pulled up? I do, yeah. So we're going to talk about Louis B. Felt. So Sarah Louise, which was called Louis. Bouton, Bouton Felt was the first yeah. general president of the Children's Primary Organization of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. After dark. After dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's going to be a theme here <laughs> for this episode. Everybody's already like, okay, yeah, we get it. You guys have been get drinking it. crazy. <laughs> I haven't been drinking, and that's... <laughs> Oh, imagine if I were. Oh, Lord, oh God. I I were. Um, you should do a drunk one and just see what happens. We should. Oh, yes. Ah, anyway, um, got me thinking about wine now. Um, so, Louis B. Felt, it was Louisa, what's her, Louisa's, it's actually Louisa. Sarah, Sarah Louisa Bouton, Bouton. I say it like I say it like a crouton, bouton, crouton, bouton felt. Um, so she, let's see. There's this. I tried to pull up. Man, they don't like me. Churchofjesuschrist.org does not like me apparently. Oh, there no, we go. They know. They know. They can see the dark countenance. Yeah. The lights on out of your eyes. They're like, no, no gaze allowed. Sorry. <laughs> we can sense the way you push that button. That's a gay man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, rude. Ah, anyway, I was trying to do a thing, but apparently that didn't happen. I'm so prepared. Let's see. Um, so, let's see. She. I don't know if you want to read it, but the. This art, this thing is really long. So she was um, <laughs> doing great. Let's see. Early life. So she was born in May 5th, 19, 18, <laughs> 1850 in Connecticut. Uh, we won't go. As a child, Louie enjoyed living in New England. She loved winter sports. Of course she did. And became a pop, particularly proficient ice skater. Oh. She and her brothers tapped syrup from their grandfather's grove of maple trees, gathered flowers, berries, and nuts in the woods, sailed a road in Long Island Sound to, that sounds amazing, to dredge for oysters, and dug clams at the seashore for clam bakes. Oh, they shared this food with the missionaries and members of the small Latter-day Saint branch that her father presided over. So her father was a bishop. In addition to helping supply food for the family, as a teenager, Louis learned to bake bread and pies from a black woman... Why is, uh, who worked for her family. So they had a, s a slave. Yeah. Louis's yeah. mother taught her housekeeping skills. This is a lot of information that we don't need to get into. But apparently she was very, um, she was raised, you know, to have a lot of skills. She an ice skater. Like, huh, that's cool. Uh, oh, I guess it's Point. The family initially left Connecticut in 1864 to join the Saints in Utah, but were thwarted by a fire in the baggage train that destroyed all their belongings but the clothes they were wearing. They started out again in 1866 by train and then by boat for Omaha, Nebraska. Louis, just 16, was later described as full of life and animation with sparkling blue eyes, beautiful golden hair, and a tall, graceful, slender figure. Though but a te young teenage girl, she was self-possessed and dignified in her manner. By birth and education, she was a gentlewoman. 
And then it just talks about how she met her husband, Joseph Henry. Is that right? Joseph Henry yeah. Phelps. Is that her husband? He's a recently returned missionary. She got it. Ooh, an RM. All right. You go, girl. Although she's, <laughs> we find out later. Plot twist. Anyway, um, <laughs> he was impressed with his good luck at having drawn the lot for his privilege over the young men living there. It appears she and Joseph were attracted to each other from the outset. Where are they? Where are they? Maybe, maybe they were. Uh, Louis's father was very ill, and it was necessary for the family to wait six weeks in Omaha until he recovered before continuing to Utah. During this time, young Louis and Joseph became better acquainted and fell in love. She's 16 years old. He is 26 years old. Yeah, that's not a red And they were, that's when they were married in 1866. That was wild. That is wild. I can't even imagine. <coughs> years old and like a 10 year difference. Ugh. Uh, like a, a whole ass adult married to a kid. What the hell? Anyway, all right. But then, I mean, following Joseph Smith's footsteps, I guess you know, like yeah. doing that, doing the thing that he did. Uh, that that makes a different different meaning to follow the prophet, huh? <laughs> yeah, a little better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you had. Uh, let's see. It says they met a friend. Oh, nobody. This, nobody cares about that. Well, I guess maybe. Maybe people do care. Just so you know, this is from a scholarsarchive.byu.edu. BYU Studies Quarterly, Volume Fifty Eight, Issue One. Makes me sound really fancy to use this, but it's really in depth. But um, maybe we'll just uh, go over to Wikipedia because it's a little lighter. <laughs> um, oh, let's see. Um, what's this? Joseph had saved no money to buy a home, having served a mission for the church to, to England from 1863 to 1866. Three year mission. But Louis's father had left her a small inheritance, which she used in 1872 to purchase land. You go, girl. So she bought the house. All right. To purchase mm -hmm. land and have a small cottage built for them on the southwest corner of 1st South and 7th East in Salt Lake City. Lily Tuckett Freeze, a neighbor, described Louis as thoroughly domestic, clean, orderly, a good housekeeper, an excellent cook, a real homemaker. The two women became close friends in the Salt Lake 11th Ward, and Louis referred to her as Aunt Lily, although Lily was only five years her senior. Lily described Louis as intensely magnetic and sympathetic. Outside of her home life at this time, she was a bright star in the social world. She loved parties and dances and was very popular. She and I were the leading ones in dramatics in the ward. Ooh. Uh, and then it talks about how she developed spiritual roots to her testimony. Uh, she was raised by faithful Latter-day Saint converts. Louis expressed her lack of gospel understanding until she served in church auxiliaries. Rather than mourn her inability to have children, she involved herself in her ward, serving in the Sunday school as a secretary and promoting the New Young Ladies Re Retrenchment Association. Yeah, that's what became the Young Women's Program. <laughs> uh, retrenchment? That sounds terrible. That sounds... <laughs> Glad they changed that. Yeah. Um, she professed, then began some of the happiest days of my life. I soon became a member of the YLMIA, young, and thereby received a 
better. I don't know why L M I. Uh, yep, being really professional. I have no idea what that's talking about. Um, I soon became a member of the YLMIA and thereby received a better understanding of my religion, which brought me peace and happiness such as I had never known before. Louis attributed much of her spiritual development to early meetings in the home of Marianne Fries and Lily Tucker Fries at the beginning of the Retrenchment Association. In 1878, Marianne designated Louis as her first counselor when the stake YLMIA was organized. YLMIA, I feel like I should look that up. But In September 1878, she was called to be the first ward primary president and the second primary organized in the Utah Territory. All right, we can go to Wikipedia with for the rest of it. And, and, yeah. Yeah, I thought the BYU is going to go into the other stuff that we want to touch on. <laughs> yeah. But that gives a good picture of what she, who she was. Like, um, she was apparently very social and very domestic and beautiful, blonde hair, blue eyed. Sounds sounds familiar. <laughs> 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 What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Your listeners have never seen me. You're like, what? <laughs> uh, I don't get the thing. She sounds page. like a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, feisty. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> yeah, so I was reading. So she had a miscarriage. Like, they were, Brigham Young sent them to Muddy River. Oh, yeah. Did talk nine other couples to, like, create a settlement. But, yeah, it didn't. It didn't work. And she ended up having a miscarriage there, and so she never had children, which makes my heart sad for her. Yeah, it sounds like she she like wanted to wanted be children because later she um, takes care of like the children of her sister wives. Yeah, yeah, like four of the children she basically raised. So that's sad. Yeah. But she encouraged her husband to live the Latter-day Saint law of plural marriage. Oh. Yeah. It's so sad to me. So, if you, like, the, like, thinking, like, just having this idea that that's the, um, this higher law, like, kind of like how, like, like, the law of chastity and the, you know, all these like rules are like some other, like they're, you're living a higher law. So no, that's why nobody understands it. It's because it's, they're not ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's God's law. So. <sighs> I think it's so sad to think like thinking of how she probably like internalized it was like, well, I can't give him children. So I need to share him with somebody who can give like, that just, I don't know. That just hurt my heart a little bit. Well, it sounds like um, biblical. Like the was, was it Rachel and Leah? Is that who it was that was? Mm-hmm. Like her I husband mean, died, so she went to her mother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then stay, they stayed together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Maybe so. I want does. I'm going to look this up. What that? That's going to bug me. What the YLM? Okay. I don't know if you want to... Um... Yeah, I'll keep going. So, um, so Joseph, her husband, married Elizabeth Minear, Minear, in 1875, 
and Elizabeth Lydell in 1881. So he's got two Elizabeths and a Louis. Felt helped to look after and raise the children of these women. Um, Elizabeth I have a two Elizabeths, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The first, no, the second Elizabeth that he married divorced Joseph and moved to California oh. at some point. We don't know when, apparently. Dang. Like, peace out. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Then it says that when, <laughs> I love how they put this, during the government attempts to bleh, prosecute polygamists, felt twice left Utah territory territory to avoid oh my god I can't talk to avoid testifying in court against Joseph so she like skedaddled so she didn't have to testify against her husband oh that's crazy so she was defending it to the core like yeah (laughs) yeah she definitely like believed in it seems like eh? (laughs) hey I don't, I don't, uh, it just makes me hurt. Uh, I just feel bad for her because it's like, I mean, obviously she has this faith, but like at the same time, it's just like, she doesn't know better. It's just like, yeah, been her she's whole life. obviously been brainwashed into this idea that this is what, how life is supposed to be. And then so much so that she's running away from the law. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, ugh. Um, so there's what felt sister wife Elizabeth Muneer went into hiding and felt often arranged for Elizabeth to visit her children for a day, driving a disguised Elizabeth to their home in a cart in the middle of the night. Yeah, so she kept the kids, and the other wife went into hiding, and then she would come see her kids when she was able to. Like, how sad is that? It's terrible. So sad. Sitting over here feeling bad for the polygamists. <laughs> like, just feeling, like, because they're obviously victims in this, too. Like, oh, they're okay. being groomed, and um, she was 16 years old when she got married, so, like, she really okay. did. She was 16 when she got married, like. Yeah. And obviously she was raised in it, but, like, her, there was no really other options for her. I just, I can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there probably were, but she just, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Louis Felt Kieser, Kieser, one of the daughters of Elizabeth Muneer, died and Felt helped raise her four children. Oh, so like her grandchildren, sort of. Wait, she helped raise the daughters of one of the. Yeah, I think so. Isn't that what it said? One of the daughter and felt helped. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Huh. So she's already got grandchildren. It's, well, not grandchildren, but, it's but like yeah, like her grand- grandchildren. So what is that? How would that? Is she auntie? Is she? Is she? Is she grand sister wife? Like how did they? What's her title? <laughs> how do you even? I don't know. Have you? Do you have like? aunties and uncles in your family that are not related to you is that like a mormon thing down there mm. i mean kind of i have an aunt that was um 
divorced from my husband from my husband <laughs> from her husband <laughs> newsflash just kidding plot twist um i so <laughs> my aunt was divorced from my uncle and she's not related but we still i still call her aunt tracy well, I say, well whatever i still call her my aunt and everything and then right. he's got a actually a second wife that he just got divorced from family drama anyway um also just got divorced from her and i still call her my aunt so i guess that kind of but not really like, <laughs> like family friends that it would have been like weird to call like sister and brother so and so so we would call them like aunt and uncle oh. so and so oh yeah yeah i don't know if I, it's like just a weird thing here if that's like a mormon thing i don't know so we have really close family friends but i don't call them aunt or uncle or anything like that i call it like there's um my dad has some well both my parents are really close friends with um we call him tiny because he was like huge like he was um his real name's clarence that he was like just always this big guy and he was like a trucker and like that's how my dad got to know him and um and his wife claudia and they um I feel it's fine. They won't ever hear this. And it's it's not like I'm saying anything disparaging about them. And um, like they were always just like my whole childhood, like just growing up all the way. Like we, they're still friends. They still talk. Like yeah. I just call, it's just tiny and Claudia, Claudia, you know, like, okay. yeah. And then my mom has some really close friends that have one has been around since I can remember. The other one was probably when I was in like junior high when they became friends. So, I mean, both of them, one, one damn near 40 years, you know, of friendship, the other, like, I don't know, I want to say 25-ish years of, of friendship. So, but I just call them by their first names. Like, I just, but they are kind of like family now, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, my boys call my best friend auntie. So. Um, Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's it's adorable, actually. They, like, run after it. So cute. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right, where were we? Let's Sorry. Oh, so no, you're good. <laughs> hey, we're, so we're here for the talk tangents. about May Anderson, too, then, her kind of background. Oh, yeah. So she um, was the secretary, I believe. She was called the secretary by Louis. And then she became the second general president of the children's primary organization after Louis. That oh, sense. she was oh, okay. So she took over after yeah. Louis was released. Yeah. So she was born in Liverpool, England. Um, she was the third of twelve children. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what a kid. I know I that mean, was I kind of so much back then because I just yeah I was gonna thinking. say I I know that was kind of normal back then and I can't imagine I mean what were even birth control practices back then I don't even want to know I know so I remember I think it was my friend Anne talking about this uh, like them finding a condom not her personally but like there was like an article mm-hmm. where they had found a old condom that was made out of like animal fur mm-hmm. like. Ew. Ew. Yeah. Sticking that in. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. I'll have a special friend instead. Thank you. 
sticking a dead animal. I mean, you are sticking a dead animal in your vagina with a. I mean, obviously with a dick connected to it, but it's like. <laughs> anyway. I think some of the clothes were made from like sheep intestines and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, let's put these animal guts up there too. That's probably really good for you. Really healthy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeast oh. infection? What? Maybe that's why they were like, "Oh, garments. This is great." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> After dark. <laughs> um, Only after dark can we talk about furry condoms. <laughs> oh, God. I can't e- oh, Okay. Uh, that's going to that's be something that's going to stick in my brain for a while. Um, yep. Rent-free in my brain. Um, what did... <laughs> Um, so, yeah, um, so May Anderson was part of, like, the primary organization for 49 years. Oh, jeez. a long-ass time, hey? Oh. Hey? <laughs> Canada. Hey? <laughs> like, me, I'm coming out. <laughs> Speaking um. of beers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she went there. <laughs> you knew it was coming eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least someone is because, like, the um, I can't imagine that with those condoms too, like the orgasms. They I don't think that they cared if a woman did or not back then. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Not a lot has changed, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not with Mormon men. Oh, oh. <laughs> shade on the X. <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. Um, <laughs> so I saw this note here, like this little. It's kind of a side note. The Joseph, I guess they're talking about the husband, Joseph. Yeah. See, after, after his return, he still frequently he still traveled frequently in his work as a traveling salesman for ZCMI. Do you remember ZCMI at all? Or was that? that a, I don't know what that is. Zion something. Yeah, Zion's Cooperative Mercantile Mercantile Institution. It was an American department store chain uh, that was founded in Salt Lake, Utah. I'm reading this. I don't know this by. My oh, I was gonna say, how do you know this? <laughs> Wikipedia, bitches. Oh. Um, <laughs> it was founded. Shit, Jake's really smart, you guys. He's so smart and researches so everything, and he knows all the things. Anytime anybody asks him what ZCMI is, he just knows by heart. So he's just waiting for it. He's just waiting. So he brings it up in regular conversations. Like, do you guys know what ZCMI is? Well, I'm glad you asked. It is Zion's Cooperative Mercantile Institution. <laughs> 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 that was like fun at parties. <laughs> oh, and it, for many years it used the slogan "America's first department store." 
So the reason why I've been bringing that up is because my grandma worked as the CMI as a she sold gloves and that's how she met my grandpa. Oh. Yeah, well cute. It's like a little meat cute and um he bought gloves from her and then like she lived in Salt Lake, I think. Yeah, and then she like he whisked her away and took her up to the um mountains of Idaho. I lived in like a wagon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Poor girl>. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. It's like that was like 90 day fiancés where they like come and they're like, this is where you live. <laughs> in a wagon. <laughs> I left in my third world country for this. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> I did find this name funny. I shouldn't make fun of names, but like, come on. Eliza R. Snow, Presendia Kimball, Presendia? I thought I was reading like something weird. Like, did they mistype that? Presendia Kimball and Zena Young asked Felt to be the first general president of the primary in May 1880. And then, uh, so Eliza R. Snow was the wife of. Lorenzo? Lorenzo Snow? Is that correct? What does Wikipedia say about you? Nope, not not going there. Okay, it's fine. Um, she was officially appointed at the June 1880 Jubilee Celebration at a meeting of the associations presided over by Eliza R. Snow, which at the time... Wait, so Eliza R. Snow presided over the meeting? What? Really? So it says associate. Oh, of the meeting of the associate. Oh, maybe it's no. Am I reading that correctly? Which at the time included primary and young women's organization as well as the Relief Society. Oh, so it was just a women's meeting. So oh, but still she yeah. presided over it because don't, now don't they like they're even at women's meetings? Don't they have to have like a man there to preside? A basketball in the church, you have to have at least a twelve-year-old boy with you. What? I've heard. I've, no, that I've sounds. This one time, and somebody was like, "No, well, we could go there because we were missionaries." And I was like, "Oh, so I think it depends on where you are." But yeah, no, when you like want to go play I'm basketball, I'm not surprised. Or... I'm not questioning what you like that whole thing. I'm oh, just no. like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like because I've heard from some people that said that they could be in the chapel or not in the chapel, but in the church buildings because they were set apart as missionaries. And then I've heard other places like where there was a branch, then the women could be in the building alone. But we were never allowed to be in our building without a priesthood holder. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. That, mm, that's interesting. So my mom, her calling, she hates it now, which is hilarious to me. But also not like she I feel bad for her because she. She's like, I wish they would give me something that I feel more, you know, like useful for. And um, she does the bulletin boards. Oh yeah. And, um, she does a really good job, and I think that's probably why they keep her in it. But um, like, she goes on Saturdays to go and change the the bulletin, and she like created this whole like she did all like arts and crafts on it. Like she did this like string with like letters on it that says um, something like true to the. Mm, True to the faith, and or something like that, and I was like, "You could totally sell this on Etsy. Get all those Mormon yeah. moms 
that would love to have all this stuff. I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't be promoting that, but you know, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> out. Side yeah. hustle. Yeah, side hustle. Anyway, um, oh, the reason why I brought that up. <laughs> Go by yourself. Uh, oh, or? Yeah, she goes by herself. So I don't know. I wonder if that's just like, like you said, maybe just where you are or. Yeah, or what she's doing. Like, she's doing, yeah. she's called to do that or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very weird. Do you know what is a weird, okay, this is a weird, like, uh, anyway, tangent. Um, not really a tangent, just a little story, side story. I, um, it's a titty tangent. That's a big <laughs> <laughs> Titty tangent. <laughs> okay, now I have to explain that. <laughs> so... <laughs> So during one of our discussions, one of my ramblings on Marco Polo with Dusty today, I was, um, <laughs> I don't even know why I was talking about this. No idea. That was going, and so <laughs> I was, um, <laughs> I said, oh, have you heard about those, like, there's this article where this, um, they're talking about, like, when men write women. And how um, they get it all wrong. And one of the things I can distinctly remember was how if they ever like this, they quoted this book, but they were like, this guy was talking about um, the woman's breasts and how she was like very aware of her breasts, like all the time. Like she was just like, and um, I was just like, is that, is that like a, is that a thing? Like are women actually like a, like do you think about your breasts a lot? Like, are they just there? Like, and I'm just sitting there like going off on this. And I was like, well, there was your titty tangent. <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> Washing dishes and I had to like back it up and listen to it again. Cause it was so funny. <laughs> Oh, that's another one I need to probably like screen record and have somebody. Eh. There was a there was another one that I need to do that too. Anyway, but um, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe that should that should just be between us. <laughs> should never see the light of day. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> that pre-workout man. Uh, yeah, girl. It's, it's entertaining for me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but then my other tangent, my other little side story <laughs> was <laughs> because I think I was thinking of like churches, church buildings when it's like off days, you know, not not Sunday. So it's not like, you know, throughout the week or whatever, like and when you like when you wouldn't have like mutual there or something, you know. And um, so I remember when I was at my last place, I was well before I. Two places ago. Anyway, so I was moving. Not, nah, I was just decluttering, de getting rid of stuff. And I um, saw all these books from Desert Book that I had um, acquired over my years of working there. And I was like, I am never going to be fucking touching these. You know, like, what? They're just taking up space. So I was just like, what do I do with these? And I was like, I was living in Colorado. So I was like, there's not a DI. Um, Desert Industries. <laughs> it's it's like like unto ZCMI, <laughs> but for thrift stores. <laughs> he likened it unto. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, 
so I was like, and I don't want to, I mean, if you take it to a Goodwill, they'll probably just throw it away, which is, you know, whatever. That's fine with me. I would, I don't know about it. I would, I don't want to be the one throwing them away because what if on the off chance, Mormon Jesus, you know, <laughs> CJ is the actual, like he's real Jesus. Like he's really up there and he's like, well, you're gay and that was fine. But then he threw my books. So <laughs> the gay was the first strike. The books. Yeah. There's a lot of paper. There's a lot of good stuff written in there. Like anyway, uh, anyway, so <laughs> I, uh, I took them in a box and I put them, they were sitting in my Jeep for a long time, but I finally was just like, took them down to the nearest, I lived like down the street from a chapel and I took them down to the nearest chapel. Nobody in the parking lot, nobody around. And I was like, I pulled this big old box of <laughs> Mormon books out and I just <laughs> literally wrote a note <laughs> and said, here, find a safe place for these or something like that. I can't remember what it was. And then I... Good just, luck to you. Good luck to you. <laughs> and then I, I just put them by the door and I walked away, drove off. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That's so. amazing. <laughs> I feel like somebody probably like walked up and was like... This is a blessing because I could not afford these books. Yeah. This is a blessing for my life. God gave me these books. And you were like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> like it was literally just because they were taking up space in my, and I didn't want it in my house. So you're yeah. welcome. Yeah. <sighs> well, that was not expect. All right. Anyway, um, you know what I should do is take the pre-workout before we do one of these episodes. <laughs> and then the listeners can get a real experience. <laughs> for this. Like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I will spare you guys that. Dusty gets it, but I don't. Uh, anyway. Pray for me. Um, <laughs> pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> you lucky soul. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So there's also this. May Anderson and Felt attended a training on kindergarten in 1895 and taught a progressive kinder- kindergarten class for four years to children, children ages three to six. About that. Yeah. So they taught little kids. That's cute. That's cute. So um, when Louis Felt was suffering from an illness in 1889, Felt's husband, Joseph, requested May to stay at the house and care for her while he was away on a business trip. Oh. Um, yeah. And they just stayed together. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> hmm. The plot thickens, huh? Hmm. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so, yep, this yep. has led to Mormon historian, historians to theorize that Anderson and Felt had a partially closeted lesbian relationship. Dun, dun, dun! Dun! Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so they, wasn't there also this thing, let's see, where was the, um... They would be working into the night, and then they would, like, crawl into bed together? Is that... Yeah. Um, yeah, they shared a bedroom. Yeah. 
So, um, I don't know about you, but like sharing a bed with a another woman for you, like, would you be like? I mean, yeah, one one night, yeah, okay. Good night, like, yeah, yeah, crash. But like night. every, like you live there, like obviously, there's. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say that it was more than just a close friendship. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um, it also says that felt had friendships with other women especially her sister wives and the women she served with in the primary leadership. Yeah. She, um, it actually even says that it quotes, she fell in love with Lizzie Minear mm. in 1874 and encouraged her husband to marry her. Oh. Interesting. So, oh, it's, it's fun. Okay. So it, I'll probably put uh, like a picture of them on my, on the Instagram, obviously, but like just a picture of them. Like L- Louis uh, is definitely like on this picture; it's black and white, and I mean you can't see details very well. But like Louis is very; she's like stand. I don't know if they're standing, sitting, but like she's up higher than May, and like there's very much they're very close. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh. May looks like there's I feel like there's she looks like one of those like little librarians that you would be like and like you know just cute and just like (laughs) but also could like destroy you you know like with a like we'll be careful with that book yeah (laughs) they actually both look like they would destroy like but also like grandmas that would be like really sweet but then also like Willing to beat your ass. <laughs> in 1883, Felt met May Anderson, and their fr- friendship soon ripened into love, according to an anonymous bi- biographical sketch of Anderson and the Children's Friend. The same sketch described their new relationship as devoted, stating, stating there were never more ardent lovers than these two. It's pretty telling. Uh, though acknowledging... Oh, Lack of direct proof, Quinn and O'Donovan speculate that Felton Anderson could have been could have been romantic partners. You think? At the Farms Review of Books, George L. Milton and Rhett S. James argue that Quinn inaccurately classifies Felton's relationship with other women as romantic. Of course, of course, people are like, mm, lesbians don't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that May Anderson never was never married. No, yeah, she wasn't. And then, uh, and they like lived together. Let's see. There was a. It says, um, felt, and felt stepped down as general president of the primary due to failing health. Her first counselor and close. Oh, just kidding. Felt died in Salt Lake City of a cerebral hemorrhage. It's terrible. What is. Terrible. Oh. Stroke, basically. Um, yeah. Uh, Joseph Felt did not marry Anderson, but in 1889, at a time when Louise Felt was ill, May moved. Yeah, like you said, so she yeah. moved into Felt's home, and then um, they also liken it to David and Jonathan's relationship in the Bible. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like you, uh, you had told me that they um, made a covenant to each other. So yeah, have you ever read the like story of David and Jonathan? I did a long time ago. It's been a lot. Like I vaguely remember. I remember actually reading it on my mission because I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I read the Bible during my mission. I didn't really. I was focusing on the Bible, and my companion got mad at me. Um, and, uh, that was a part that I got to and I was like, this sounds interesting. (laughs) Just because of all the depictions of it, like they're clasping each other very Mm -hmm. lovingly. Yeah. So, but yeah, there is, um, where was it? And of course it notes that, um, the LDS church does not interpret it as a sexual relationship between David and Jonathan, but one is of fraternal love. And I'm like, of course they don't recognize it is what it would be like. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, it says that. Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. Saul took him that day, and he did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David, his armor, including his sword and his bow and his belt. Mm. I don't think that's what you do just with, like, a buddy. No. Yeah, definitely not. Kind of makes me think also of, like, the Achilles Patroclus relationship from um the Iliad yeah and how there's been a lot of stories and I don't know if I know there's like a book called Song of Achilles which I want to read but apparently dives into like that relationship more um on my to read list yeah hey me too of my 2,789 books that I have (laughs) trash they're all trash they're all trash so I um yeah, the but that relationship is definitely more than platonic. So yeah. Uh, speaking of, so I there's this um tweet tweet I almost said there's just Twitter like I'm an old person. The Facebook. <laughs> it's on the Facebook, and I saw it on the Twitter and. <laughs> uh, Actually, I saw it on the gram. <laughs> and uh, it says, Emily Dickinson, who is one of my favorite poets, um, actually took a whole class on her at BYU-Idaho. Uh, anyway. Um, Emily Dickinson really wrote to Sue, I tore open your letter and licked the envelope seal for any lingering taste of you. And historians thought they were just friends. Yeah, they're just friends. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. not She's not gay at all. It's <sighs> it's just funny that I mean it's sad that um, these uh, LGBT people are um, like being silenced by history, mm-hmm. so, which is a reason to do this to talk about them in this way because I'm sure they would appreciate it now. Like if they lived now, I wonder they'd be like, "Yeah, we're gay and proud." I'm Louie. You know, like, <laughs> like I'm as, sorry, your name is Sarah and you go by Louie. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my name's Dustin, so. <laughs> I really throw stones. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I tell you. It's not like you have a choice, though. Like, if you, like, if Dustin were your middle name, and you Plus, had, like, a more fem- like a more feminine first name, and you went by the, like, by Dustin, I mean. Although, you <laughs> by being anything, bro, like, no. Dusty, like, really? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Um, there was another one. I can't remember the name of the artist. It's driving me crazy. Um, did you read The Maidens? No, but I want to. That's the one that yeah. he wrote, the um, the Silent Patient. Yes. Yeah. Michael. I can't remember what his last name is. I'm horrible. Sorry, everybody. Something uh, like it ends with an I-D-E-S. It, it yeah. was like, a, anyway, yeah. Yeah. So the artist in there, like it, it kind of dives into like who he was in love with. And I thought that was like, it was a really interesting, see, I'm butchering it now. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. You're good. Um, While you're doing that, um, I was thinking about it back to the titty tangent. (laughs) I feel like anytime that I bring up boobs now, I'm going to call it the titty tangent. Have to. Alex Michaelides. His name. Ah, Alex Michael. Michael. Yeah. His name's not Michael. It's Alex. See? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you had Michael in there. <laughs> <I'm> close. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, it's a good book. We should go read it. It's really, really good. I really want to read that. The Silent Patient's also really good, listeners. Hey, this is the bookshare corner yeah. of We're a book club. the Not So Peter Priest podcast. So there's a little commercial for you um not sponsored but still um alex michael michael michaelitis the silent patient and the maidens are really good also um what's it called one of my favorite books it has nothing to do with what we're talking about but (laughs) i'm just uh all the light we cannot see by anthony dewar dewar God. It's an incredible book. Incredible. I... Is that the one with the blind? Yeah, the blind girl. The blind girl. I get through it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I I know. I'm the worst. Terrible, Dusty. I, know. <laughs> I, know. I don't know. I think I got into a place with like the pandemic and my oh, kids yeah. and everything. Oh yeah, I, I did read it before the pandemic, so I yeah. get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I started it. Yeah, I started it last year, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I can see it being very heavy for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. I had just read the Tattooist of Auschwitz, so I was like, I. Oh yeah, yeah. So you break. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should separate your like World War. Yeah. Literature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like everything this year has been like not that. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, almost like we're read... like on the brink of a world war. So like Yeah, it was a little about something. <laughs> read the Rose Code though. Oh, you have to by Kate Quinn, I think, who wrote it. Oh yeah. Okay. It is fantastic. I was just told sorry listeners, but I was just told that she's got a new book coming like comes out it just came out or something that's about a woman sniper. Ooh. So yeah. Um yeah, and I don't know, like and it's based on a true story. So I'm like Fuck oh, wow. yeah. She's incredible. She's actually, we're in, um, we're both in a Facebook group. Um, really? And every once in a while she'll like pop in and like say something. She's such an incredible 
author. Like she, her research is top notch. All right. Yeah. Anyways, there's a random tangent for y'all. I can't find who it is, but yeah, it's fine. He writes poetry and he was in love with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you know the original Little Mermaid was male? Oh, really? Yeah. But then, uh, is it Hans Christian Andersen? It's a story about, um, about gay love and it actually like when you think about it it's actually a very good parable because it's like you're separated by this you know like the thing that separates them is that he can never be part of the that world and like the prince was actually it could be seen as like the actual like the gay world and like the being like accepted and loved and everything and having that that perfect love and all the mermaid wanted what mer boy wanted was to be loved and accepted and like to be part of that world and yeah. um and then but in the original version it's sad like a tragic end like he the prince actually marries a woman another woman and then the mer the mer, mer boy mer anyway the mermaid um kills himself in the the waves but then he changed it to a female later to so that he could publish it because they wouldn't publish it without oh yeah i'm sure they wouldn't have yeah I'd be like uh-uh. nope yeah none of those shenanigans yeah so the more you know on that one there you go yeah that's crazy <laughs> now it's sort of to like triggering something in my brain that maybe i knew something about that at some point a million years ago yeah, I might have to, I want to read up more on that, but yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I don't know if I have all the details correct on that, but that's, like, it's essentially, like, it did begin. Like you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, listeners, please give me corrections if you. Here comes the <laughs> <laughs> Yes, bring it on. I thrive. <laughs> I also, syndrome, give me the hate. <laughs> Well, that was fun. A little uh, dive into Mormon history and uh, the lives of Louis and May. Uh, May they always be remembered as the true lovers and the um, beautiful women that they were, and not as just little friends that were so sweet and special. And uh, yeah, they did all the like stuff for kids and all that, but you know. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we're going to pretend like, oh, they were just friends. Um, I did have one thing else I was going to bring up that um, it's just, this is very much, this isn't just something that's happening like back in the day when it was like, um, uh, like in the 1800s, like you see a gay relationship in the church and uh, people would just, brush it off and pretend it doesn't exist and but just like write it off as like oh they were just really good friends yeah um i had an aunt she's still alive but i i have an aunt that um definitely has like uh they were um let's see she i'm not gonna say names just because protect whatever but the um 
I might have mentioned this before, have I? Anyway, you talked to me about it, yeah. Okay, but the um, she was probably in her late twenties, but um, I distinctly remember her having a friend that was always around, and I was like, and it was a woman, and they worked together, so I was like, oh well, they're just really good friends, you know. As a kid, I was just like, I didn't really understand it, and then um, I mean, it kind of did, but I always got this like vibe that there was more to it. And so, um, and I remember distinctly one time they came over to our house and um, my aunt's friend kissed her on the cheek and my aunt went just bright beet red, which is not like something that you would do if it was just like a, and I think that's, I still distinctly remember that experience and just being like, there's something going on there. And um, they did, they moved um out of state for a while and they were roommates and there was only one bedroom and then um there was uh i remember my aunt moving back to my my grandparents house and asking about the friend and she was like she decided that she likes women and i was like oh and i was like and in my brain i'm just like but you do too you know and there was definitely like this heavy like vibe there too like there was definitely more to it um and it was later like just a couple of years ago a cousin of mine basically confirmed that that that, that relationship was um yeah it was a relationship not just a friendship so yeah anyway um but that was something like that she didn't feel it was safe to be open about yeah It's sad to me, but um, she never felt like she could be herself. And so she lost a, probably the love of her life because oh, of that. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to be somebody's secret forever, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it probably just came to a, an ultimatum, like either do this or I'm walking kind of thing. So um, it's unfortunate. It's basically what the church does to you, though. You either have to um, pretend not to, like, just be gay. Well, now you can be gay, but don't act on it kind of thing. But, um, yeah. Which is, I just don't, I don't understand that. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. It is. Yeah. And then the other thing that's kind of, been on my brain especially today you would know about it um i was so i have nephews that are 13 years old and my sister doesn't um my my sister's good like she's very supportive of me but she has a husband that is very homophobic also among other things but um he they keep they like to keep their and i i'm not disparaging how they raise their kids because they're yeah. doing what they you know what they think is the best for them and it works for them sure. but um they're keeping their kids very sheltered um they don't even have a tv like a and they only watch you know what they like actual physical movies like they don't stream anything they don't do they don't have netflix they don't have any of that so oh wow yeah um and then the my oldest nephews are 13 years old and they still don't know that I'm gay and it has been bothering me because I'm just 
they're at a point where like they're going to start forming opinions about it and um obviously and they are very influenced by my brother-in-law and so I actually just texted my sister today, which has been like weighing on me for so long. But now I'm like finally put the start of this conversation where I'm saying I need to have a conversation with my nephews about me being gay. And I'm going to let her kind of we're going to come up with a way, a plan of how that's going to happen. And um, I have yet to hear a response, which it's fine. I'm good with that. But like, um, I guess for listeners, I just want to let you know that if you were in that same position or if you were in a situation where you feel like you were being silenced by your family, it's okay to, um, to let your voice be known and say, Hey, this is something that needs to happen. And it's a conversation. It may be uncomfortable. It's like coming out all over again, you know, kind of thing. Um, but if you are in a safe space to do that, then I would recommend doing it because I already feel like a whole lot lighter because of like putting this out there. So, and knowing that it's the ball is rolling. So yeah, stay tuned for more updates on that though. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. I think that's, I think that's very, I'm just proud of you. I'm just glad that you talked for so. Yeah, It's good. It'll be good. And yeah, it's, it's, I hope we get to a point in the world where we, somebody saying that they are gay is just, it's just information about them that it's, yeah. it doesn't come with anything other than, okay, yeah. good to know, you know, or it's not even like a, a phrase we have to use. Like, it's just, yeah. Oh, you, okay. I didn't know. Like you're just two humans that, <laughs> that are together, yeah. Yeah. you know, and like, that's, it's fine, you know, like, or, I don't know, so, like gender and um, all that, it's all a social construct anyway, so it it's is, yeah. something that we, just like race is a social construct, so it's yeah. it's stuff that we've put on ourselves as humans to, because we like to put labels on things. So It goes right back to that video I sent you of that little boy knocking on the door with the flowers, telling oh, yeah. him that he's going to, I want to date your daughter yes. five. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, that is grooming behavior. Yep. That little five-year-old did not wake up and say, I want to put on a suit and go buy flowers for this girl that I like. That was a grooming. Yeah. Somebody told him to act mm-hmm. that way, whether they told him to act that way by showing him videos of adults dating or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and they'd say it's so cute and all this stuff. And then... Um, no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's terrible. It's because what that little girl, kid what if too. that little girl thinks that that little boy has cooties and her parents are gonna be like, be nice, take the flowers. Yeah. Now she's been taught from five years old, you say yes to that any boy that asks you out. Yeah, yeah. See, and then that brings in consent too. Is like, um, somebody also I was having a conversation earlier today with some a uh, listener that was saying that um, consent, like we don't even teach our children consent by um by showing and like we just assume like adults just assume that kids want to be hugged you know like that they'll accept hugs and we don't ask them before you know like and that's that would teach them consent because and if they actually don't want to hug they can say no you give them the option to say that and that allows them to have that um autonomy and um the that video was incredible the um 
the commentary on it, um, they're basically saying exactly like it's just like with, with these laws that are being passed in Florida and now Idaho is following suit. And I think Texas, there's like s- several states in America that are doing this um, don't say gay stuff. And um, I really didn't plan on getting political in the, I'm not getting political, but like this is still just um, yeah. but the um, the one side that is pro these bills is saying that it's an anti-grooming law when it's it literally doesn't say anything all it's saying like um that it you don't talk about sex with with children in classrooms but it also it specifically says don't talk about gender identity and sexual orientation in the um in the actual bill so there's that and then show sleeping beauty being kissed by a prince who didn't ask if he could kiss her exactly has to go white Sleeping Beauty, yeah. yeah, and then uh, like all the heterosexual couples that we see on TV and on the movies, and they wonder why we're so we want more representation on in the media because we want kids to that are little queer kids to see that there are other relationships and also to understand and like you said, consent like those like. Uh, Sleeping Beauty and Snow White—they don't, they didn't consent to those kisses. <laughs> like with our boys, we always like when grandparents come to visit and they're leaving. You know, grandparents always want to get a hug goodbye, and we get down and we say, "Do you want to hug? Do you want a high five? Or do you just want to say, see you later?'" And they get to choose. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's cute. Yeah, it's good. That. And then because my one little guy, my five-year-old, he's very—he doesn't like to be touched. He only likes to touch on his own terms. Yeah. He's very aggressive about it. If he wants to hug you, he will <laughs> run and hug you. But if it's not his choice, he's very like, don't touch me. Oh, so, that's good. And, and we learned that really young, that like, if we give him the choice and let him decide what to do with his body, a lot better. <laughs> yeah. And it gives him control too. And I think that's something that kids need to have. Kids need to have their own choices over their own bodies, whether or not they're picked up by somebody that's, you know, four times their size. And like you let like near strangers pick them pick up kids, and it's just yeah. like, and it's socially acceptable, and it's fine. Like just I, no. Yeah. <laughs> and also on the other flip side, I don't if I don't want to touch your kid, I don't want to like hold your kid. Don't make me. <laughs> right. Like he has not on him. I'd rather not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, what's the um there's a meme where it says no thanks i'm a vegetarian <laughs> and a pack. <laughs> that's amazing uh, yeah um there was something else i was gonna oh there's this um on that conversation with that listener they sent me a video where they likened um they talk about like just think about tea. So, like, if you're if you're gonna you want to ask somebody if they want tea, and they'd say yes, I'll have some tea. You make them some tea, and you give it to them. Yeah. If they don't want if they don't want tea, then you don't make it for them. You don't you know you don't give them the tea. You don't try and force the tea on them. You don't try to yeah. you know. It's all teaching about consent, and it is very simplified version. And I loved it because at the very end they they talk about if you could think about this tea as sex 
then you know basically just like replace all that with sex and then you got consent and it's um very well done but (sighs) i this will be the third episode that i've brought up that consent has been brought up so (laughs) anyway (laughs) i don't know if it's past but i was listening to another podcast last year talking about them actually creating an and like government understood legal definition of consent because right now in the courts there's no actual definition of what consent is oh yeah so i'll have to look into that and we can touch base on that again because it's very interesting that legally there's no definition that's crazy Hmm. well and i've talked about it before but like consent is just not something that they they even I feel like it's not even something they teach in like secular, like in a secular world, like in at schools and like they don't even touch on that. And um, places now they are like my high school. Absolutely not. It was all. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I do know that there's like some sexual education classes which are teaching like unless it is an enthusiastic and continual. Yes, it's a no. That's exactly um what we would teach as a when i was a sexual assault victim advocate yeah um you do not negotiate for a yes and yeah like an enthusiastic yes and a continual yes to yeah. like you uh, can change your mind change your mind yes and that and, no longer you no longer have consent yeah yeah and they bring that up in that video too like if they wanted tea and then they change their mind while they're drinking tea or like when you when you bring the tea to them you don't yeah. force it on them basically so anyway yeah. Yeah. Thank you to that listener. You know who you are <laughs> for sharing that because it was very, very good. I was sitting there watching it at the gym. It was kind of interesting. <laughs> After I checked out the Garment Man. But, After Garment Man. Garment yeah. Man. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, well, thank you for joining us again on this After Dark episode special. <laughs> Also, <laughs> Peter Priesthood after dark. <laughs> Sounds so dirty when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in a call center. Not that kind of a call center, but oh, a call center. There were some groups, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. Do you remember those uh, one, what is it, 1888? One, was it 1888? You probably was. Yeah, you one nine hundred numbers, yeah. <laughs> because Tim Allen says in the Santa Claus, the one eight hundred spank me, and it was a legitimate oh, yeah, yeah. line. Was it? Yeah, it was an actual. It was an actual like sex I line. It was a joke. <laughs> no, it was real. <laughs> I knew those things existed, but I didn't know that was a legit number. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. 